Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of Bitchin' Brew. Um, I say another episode. You may have never tuned in before, then. Welcome to Bitchin' Brew for the first time. I'm so glad that you could join me. My name is Danny Randon, and I, as ever, am your host on this podcast about music, life, and everything in between. And, boy, I tell you what, I am feeling really, really good. I've had... A week or two off from the podcast, um, you know, I, I have had a week off, I've been working on some big projects elsewhere, but, you know, also Bitch and Brew, it was it was never meant to be a weekly thing, and it was always just going to be something that I enjoyed doing when I had the time to do it, and the reason I made it weekly for, for a little bit was obviously because I recorded loads of episodes backstage at, uh, at Teddy Rocks Festival, and then we had 2000 Trees Festival, and all the awesome sort of chaotic times surrounding that um so really i'm I'm just sort of returning to a state of regularity as far as uh as far as pitch and brew can be can be regular but this is um episode number 28 and i am very excited to say that my guest for it is the lead singer and guitarist for one of my favorite uh, young bands in the UK right now. A good friend of mine called Vinnie Marrera Yol, uh, who, as you may know, plays in a band called Wallflower. Um, this is in fact the last of the recordings that I that I had to release from my uh, from my time at Teddy Rocks Festival. I recorded this all the way back in May, if you can believe it, and it it has taken a while for me to play catch up and I can only apologize both to you and to to Vinny for the wait but trust me it's it's totally worth it and um before we dive in I'll tell you a little bit about Wallflower and my relationship with them they are a uh, a five piece from the sort of London and I suppose general southeast area of England um and they've been around for a few years now they did their fair share of um of hard grafting on the DIY punk scene I first saw them at a, a house show in Southampton in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Shout out Kate Coulson for that one. And um, and I thought they were great. But it, it wasn't until like over a year after that show where I started to see Wallflower really transform into a, a different proposition entirely, a different beast, if you will. And they started going on tours with the likes of uh, Knuckle Puck and, and Boston Manor and Milk Teeth. And they started doing cool shit like playing on the Avalanche stage at Download Festival last year, which was, you know, watching that was certainly a far cry from the kitchen in Southampton where I first saw them, but it was it was, it was was a really cool thing to see. Um, they also put out a, a stunning EP last year. It's, it's called Where It Fell Apart, and in fact, I'll be playing a song uh, from that EP a little bit later on, so keep an ear out, because everything about their sound is, is very cinematic, and... There's some wonderful use of electronics and and sort of atmospheric vibes, um, if you will. Uh, Vinny is just one of three guitarists in the band, so there's always, you know, cool layers coming from that. And really, I've just found them to be an increasingly enthralling band over the last couple of years. And then we started hanging out, and now I'm really stoked to call Vinny and and the rest of the, you know, Wallflower lot. I'm really, really stoked to, to call them mates, and... Um, yeah, like I said, this was recorded a little while back, around three months ago now, so there's a little bit of chat where Vinny is referring to stuff that has, you know, since happened, he'll 
have to excuse me if I'm wrong, um, but somewhere towards the middle of the episode, he alludes to an upcoming release from the band, or as upcoming at the time, because if that release is what I think it is, then we'll be hearing that that track in um, in just a minute. Um, but something else that's quite cool, but unfortunately, yeah, we didn't get a chance to sort of speak about it because of the time that it was recorded. Uh, Wallflower have just been in the studio, and if what they're saying on social media is to be believed, they've finally recorded their first full-length album, um, which is, I mean, personally, it's something to get really excited about there. I don't know how you could not be excited about that. Um, Yeah, I'm going to keep the intro for this one fairly brief, but but I will just say that before we go into this... um, I had a I had a I had a real laugh not only recording but sort of listening back to this podcast. I was doing my first listen back to the audio the other day while I was uh, you know sat at my desk at my day job and there were just so many moments where I was listening to it and I I naturally just had a big Cheshire cat grin on my face and I mean the person sat next to me was looking at me like I'd just done a poo in their desk tidy or something I don't know it was just a really good time listening back to it and I think what I I love about most is that it goes back to the the quote-unquote classic style of bitch and brew the last like four or five or six episodes you know for the most part have been more interview oriented uh, whereas this sure I ask you know questions here and there to keep the conversation going but Really, it's just two dudes hanging out, having having a chat and a laugh, and uh, you know, a lovely time. And it was it was long overdue too. I've been wanting to get Vinny on the podcast for the for the best part of a year. So, without further ado, let's get started on Bitch and Brew uh, episode number twenty eight with Vinny Marrera Yole from Wallflower. Uh, right after we hear a track from that very band, this is their latest single, which only came out a couple of weeks ago now, and it is a fucking rager. Um, stay tuned to Bitch and Brew for my chat with Vinny, but uh, first of all, here he is playing in the band Wallflower, and this song is called Magnifier.
Delicious. What Delicious. else do you yeah. even have cold? It's a falafel and hummus wrap with a bit of salad in it. Was that really the good. food token? Mm-hmm. I was really pissed off because I lined up for the pizza. They didn't. They don't do the food tokens at the uh, pizza place. It does look Annoying. like good pizza. Yeah, I, I love. I love a good wood-fired pizza. That's one of my things. It's like one of the things I want when I get a big house. You can keep your massive telly. You can keep your give me a wood gold, gold toilet or whatever. I want a. I want a pizza oven in my kitchen. I went to this one place in Rome once where you walk in, it looked like a massive pizza house from the outside. You walk in and um, and it's literally like walking into an Italian family's kitchen with the pizza oven there and all the ingredients laid out for it. It was in Rome. We sat in Proper like. Yeah. Sat in Piazza del Popolo with this like four cheese pizza that was just the greatest. I love a good pizza. <laughs> not trying to be ironic. Hot punk. Or anything like that. I, just, <laughs> I love pizza so much. It's just the, can... the perfect dish. It is. It's bread with tomatoes and cheese. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the white sauce, you know, the, gar- the garlic base. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm personally not, but I can... App- well, well, wait. Are we talking... You're not talking like garlic butter, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Garlic pizza bread. Just like... And then topped with stuff. Oh, okay. Garlic pizza bread, then with all your, all your pizza I normally, I normally just like, when it's a garlic pizza bread, I normally just like the base with the butter on it and leaving it at that. Mm. I think it's good. <laughs> Things went downhill so quickly last night, didn't they? I was I was on good behaviour. You know I finished, finished all my podcasts for the day, and then I was like, I'm just going to have a nice evening and chill out, and I'll feed her on later. I might go catch them. And then I saw you guys turn up. I'm like, this is not yeah, going to go I mean- down the way I planned. <laughs> I, I mean, I was actually all right. I think I think I, I had I had a lot more than I expected to drink last night. I didn't really feel that drunk. I didn't feel hungover this morning. So mm. I, was, I must have just had a good turn with it last night. Yeah. Anyway, but, let's. Oh, we are we already we're already we're, going. We're, we're, we're recording. We're straight in. Okay. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just talking about pizza and and going going nuts. No, no, no. I, Lovely. I, I hit you with oh, a sneak no, attack. No, yeah, that's the sneak attack. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. No, we went to go and see that Rage Against the Machine tribute band, which. Well. It was I, way better than it had any right to be. Well, the thing is, right, so when they first started, like, setting up, and I'm seeing them, I, first thing I did, as I walked up to the stage, and I looked, and I made sure he had a whammy and a wah, which he did. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's the first thing. You're such a good okay? <laughs> but this, But then I, um, I kind of... I started, I started going like, when's the vocalist going to get here? When's yeah. he going to check his mic? And just obviously no, nothing. And then I realised, 
the drummer's the vocalist. How are they going to do this? Yeah. How are you not? How are you going to get away with being a Rage Against the Machine cover band and not have a vocalist? Not have a Zach. Yeah, exactly. Or at least a. Uh, but what, what, he, who, who, who's singing in Rage Against the or Prophets of Rage now? Oh, I think it's Chuck D and some guy, Real. Yeah, some guys from Public from Enemy Hill. and Cypress Hill. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the names. It's just not the same, is it? No. Like, don't get me wrong. I listened to that. I listened to that. Um, what are they called? Prophets of Rage. Prophets yeah. of Rage. I listened to that record, and like, you can hear like the Tom Morello riffs are there. But it made me realise, like, as great as his riffs are, and they are probably some of the best riffs of all time. Mm. Without Zach's voice on top of it, it's just not the same. No. I think the only thing that like kind of came close to it, obviously, completely different kettle of fish, but Audio Slave, like, some of their riffs were. Oh were just great but obviously a very different thing but yeah as soon as they started because what did they what did they open with they opened with um, Balls on Parade Balls on Parade yeah and it just went off yeah it went off and, I was and like, that stage is a really good sound yeah. as well like I was I it probably yeah like better, was, better sound than any of the other yeah, stages yeah, and yeah. it's just like a tiny little beer tent yeah but they were Honestly, I've, I I haven't had that much fun, I think, since I saw Rage Against the Machine actually play. Did you go to the Finsbury Park show? So, the, yeah. The, the I, victory show, as yeah, it were, against Simon Cowell. Yeah, so that was actually on my birthday. And then the next weekend, they headlined Download, and I went to that as well. So I saw them twice in one week. Fuck. That's and amazing. honestly, well, actually, if like it's funny. When I go back and I watch videos of that Finsbury Park show, I've never seen a crowd collectively go as nuts because they came on and they opened with Testify yeah and I mean that's just which, the riff which the band didn't play last no, night no I know I, well so basically right last night they played Killing in the Name yeah everyone obviously left because Feeder were going on and I stuck around and they did the Matrix song, so they did the Matrix one and everyone kind of left during that but then I was literally walking out the door and then they started playing Freedom which is like my favourite okay favourite Rage Shot song the, the, the one at the end of the self-titled the first one the only other song on that record that used the cowbells and you can li- you can literally hear like it's the same cowbells that they use in Killing in the Name and so I was, they've just copied it and over I was just like it. I have to watch this because this is my favourite Rage song so yeah stuck around for that and it was by the end of it it was literally me in the room watching just having no, a lovely time just like, on your own you guys need to play for the next hour I'd rather watch you than Feeder right now I was just so in the zone with Rage Against the Machine I uh, totally underestimated Feeder yeah for the amount of bangers that they have it's they're one of those bands where you think you know like obviously Buck Rogers Buck Rogers and, and Just a Day yeah, and, and you're like those are those ones but then they start playing more more songs that you're like hey I know that one yeah. I know that one too yeah god I remember this one from when I was a kid I've got to, got to hand it to them like they've been going for 25 years now they, when they said like oh yeah we've been we've been 25 years I thought wow like That's, fair play boys yeah uh, you know I don't think I could be in a band for 25 years no you know so we're not going to get like a, uh, a, a wallflower <laughs> silver anniversary I always tour. joke I always joke with the guys that like eventually they're all going to get sick of it and leave and I'm just still going to be going but I'm just going to keep getting younger people to be like my backing band so when I'm 50 I'm just going to have a load of 18 year olds playing the songs are you, are you the remaining original member of Wallflower? no or? no every, everyone everyone bar Charlie are original members mm. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird way that Wallflower formed because originally um, it was it was going to be like a little side project because we were all in band so originally the way it started was it was me and Will yeah and then it was two of the guys, Tom and Jack, from Rough Hands. Okay. And we were going to be like, it was going to be, it was something completely different. So that we don't class that as like Wallflower. But the way it started was that. And then we went, 
well, you know, it'd be cool to get a third guitarist in because I'd always wanted to do bands with Sam. Like, me and Sam have always been mates. Like, we'd always been in different bands. Mm. We even went to college together for a while and we always said, like, we're going to make music together at some point. Yeah. And this is kind of the opportunity to just be like, hey, do you want to just be another guitarist in this band? We can do three guitars. Um, but around that time, my other band, uh, I used to be in, like, a metal band. I know, we were talking yeah, about yeah, growing yeah, up in the metal uh, in ruins. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of came to an end which which when I first started doing that stuff I didn't really expect to happen yeah and then I kind of turned around and I was like well I kind of want to do this band then as like the proper mm. thing and um, obviously you know the the other guys the guys that were my fans kind of turned around and they sort of said like well we obviously are going to be more dedicated to rough hands rough because hands. that's and I mean look at where they are now Fucking some of the stuff incredible. that they're doing um, you know, the, the, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as easy as that. But I won't go into the details of, of what happened. But eventually, um, we we kind of decided that me, Will, and Sam were going to carry on doing something right. together, but we were going to change it about a little bit. And then that's when we started. Jake or Jake has been in bands with like Sam and stuff in mm-hmm. the past. Um, and yeah, then we kind of just formed the band, got a drummer and stuff, but. Um, it didn't really work out with him after a while. Um, so then Charlie came in through like where, where we'd been gigging and we met like Ben and Connor from Failure by Design. It's kind of one of those things where we we were looking for a drummer and after like it started to get a bit dire to be honest with you, I started to think like I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna find someone. Like, really, really You had Lewis from Prestamico He filled in do some Yeah, he filled in and Belch bit. as well, Belch. So oh, there was fun. a there was a period of time where we had some gigs booked and we didn't have a drummer, but we were like, We're not gonna not do the gigs, we wanna do these gigs. One of them was like a really cool house show in Southampton. That was that was the one with Muskets. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 New Tusk was, yeah, I think it was Muskets New... and New Tusk Tour and we, yeah. we played it. So that was the one where Lewis from Prestamico played drums for us, and that was funny because we did not practice with him, so he got in the van with us and we literally played the songs that we were playing in in the van and he just air drummed to it and that was our practice basically yeah. and he he absolutely killed it and same with Belcher I mean we, we had like a practice with Belcher but he he obviously you know at the time was doing like water canvas and pet grief so for him that both of those guys are just kind of like they're like musical sponges they just remember drum parts yeah. so well so um yeah it started to get to a point where we were a bit like oh man like Everyone was getting really, not fed up, but everyone was just getting so disheartened. Like, I just don't think we're going to be able to do this anymore because we just can't find someone. And then Ben from FBD messaged me. He's like, oh, by the way, my brother plays drums and he's really into the sort of stuff that you guys do. And we were kind of like, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't even know you had a brother, you know. And then spoke to Charlie. Um, like he was like, yeah, let's let's you know get together. We'll practice. We'll try it out. See how it goes. Yeah. So we literally did like one practice with him, and then we were kind of like, oh, by the way, we're actually filming a music video for one of our new singles. Do you think you'd mind being in that? He's like, I guess. So. Also, we have like a gig in like a week. Do you want to play for us? And then it was kind of one of those things. I felt bad because he was kind of just like thrown in at deep and didn't know any of us really. Yeah. Within a month of him joining, we went on a tour with Weather State, and it was like he'd only been in the band for a month, barely even knew. It. I think like by the time we went on our tour. We'd met each other like four times, but he obviously just yeah. straight in there, blended in. You know, just I, I can't think of us as a band before him now. Yeah. Like it's just like I feel like we really started when it became us five, and we started writing 
you know, stuff that we're I, doing. I now. wanted to talk about uh, Charlie because I think I mentioned this when we were talking about the uh, the EP on the uh, albums of 2017 special. Um, mm -hmm. Myself and Fisher um, talking about you know how Charlie is possibly my favourite drummer mm. that technically on a technical scale mm. that's around at the moment. Yeah. Could, uh, did, was it his idea to bring the more electronic elements in? Because he's not overly showy, but he does all the electronics live, so... I feel like it was one of those things where he always said from the beginning, like, we want to maybe go down this route, or we maybe want to try some of these things eventually. But it was one of those things that you always kind of just don't do. Mm. And then it was around... We, we, we'd just been asked to do the Boston Manator, and we started sort of, like... It started getting thrown about, like... You know, maybe we could work some electronics into some of our music and Charlie turned around and he was like well I have an SPD I have a sample pad so yeah. I'm ready to go with it and we we're like well yeah sure why wouldn't we and so mm. we, we kind of set ourselves this you know we said if we don't do it now we're never going to do it so we we basically when we were rehearsing for that tour we just started working electronics into stuff um, we kind of like re we rearranged one of the songs from our first EP that was basically at that point unplayable we just didn't enjoy playing it right anymore. okay and we kind of mixed it up a little bit added like some electronics into it to make it a little bit yeah. more like yeah. suited to what we're and doing adding now those sort of off-kill time signatures in as well yeah yeah so the the last EP we did where it fell apart there was a lot of there was a lot of like sort of like those electronics and, mm. and yeah and as you say like off, off, off time. Like you know, you got like there's like a seven eight bit in there, which isn't you know we're not breaking ground. We're doing a seven no. eight thing, but it, it, it you're not Dillinger. We were very yeah exactly, <laughs> but we we weren't doing anything other than four four. So that you know it kind yeah. of, we kind of mix up, and yeah, a lot a lot of that is is down to him. Mm. You know being a part of it and, and it seemed like adding those elements created such a, sort of a seismic shift in the dynamic of the band like aesthetically uh, you know on stage as well I think we got to where we actually wanted to be sort of thing like don't get me wrong I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk badly about what we did in the past and mm. I, I still love like a lot of what we were doing before that EP like if anything like Mazakadamai is the single we did the last single we did before Where It Fell Apart is still one of my favourite Wallflower songs yeah. especially to play I just, I, I, I just really enjoy playing that song but I think when we did our first EP Summer Days it was very much in a, in like a in a moment and yeah. it was very much part of a certain thing yeah and it was it was good like people liked it mm. but i don't feel like we were being as sincere as we could have been with right. it you know i mean we've always gone by the sort of we've always gone by by the ethos of just being like you know try and be as sincere as possible there's nothing i hate more than when you watch a band and you can tell that they're kind of going through the motions of what's expected of that sort of band that's a lot of why I just didn't enjoy playing metal anymore right because you turn up to a venue and there'd be four or five other bands in the lineup and we were all just doing the exact same thing yeah, I felt the that. exact same stage movements just the exact same basically everyone playing the same songs and it got it got stale yeah. you know because we're from a similar area geographically yeah, aren't yeah, we? yeah we're both sort of from the yeah. southeast and I think it was always like the big thing when you were in a metalcore band in some town in the southeast and you got to play Brighton. Yeah. But then you're like on the on the bill with like however many other eight other bands. Yeah. And every and, and all it was really was breakdown like, core. Exactly. It was just like a, who can do the best breakdown, who can tune the lowest, and it just got it got really boring. I just realised something in Ruins. You guys played that show um, 
we're talking about this on the Palm Reader episode, which was recorded yesterday, so it's probably already out there at this point, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. No, no, no. Um, but uh, you played that bowling alley in Horsham. No, uh, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. We were out. on the lineup. So we were on the lineup, and then I think someone got sick, like really sick. Yeah. And like literally, like the day before, we had to pull out. Um, but we were on the lineup. You are correct. My, we my were on that lineup. Old frontman. Uh, that was his. That was his show. Right. He did he go to? Did he go to East Surrey? Yeah, he did for a little yeah. while. Yeah, I think that's how we got on that gig because yeah. we all went to that college. East Surrey yeah, college. Yeah, Josh Plumley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's obviously how, like. All of us, a lot of us, sort of started playing as well yeah. as like going there. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, great, Josh. Great, great studio there. Actually. Yeah, I recorded, that's why we went. There, I recorded yeah. some drum covers there once right, that actually yeah. never came out. I was the guy that did like tried to do a, uh, a Jay Z and Kanye right. West drum cover of Paris, just nice. like nice cocking it up entirely. But I mean, like that was that that was the thing, wasn't it? Just doing like I think Travis Barker kind of paved the way for that sort of stuff, didn't yeah. he? Like hip hop. Like covers, but with a rock drummer rock, on top. Rock drums. It sounds great. You can't, you can't, you can't fault it, really, can you? <laughs> Absolutely not. But yeah, without going too off topic from what I was saying, there's I, a topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, so. When we when we sort of started doing that sort of stuff, we were like, this this feels so much more natural. Yeah. I think I think a big process in, in writing that record was not going. Well, what should we do next? It was kind of like, well, what what feels right next? You yeah. Know? Um, without sounding too like cliche or, or pretentious, <laughs> it was just one of those things where I think like when we when we really found like that sound for that record, it was like, well, this this is cool. Like we really enjoy doing this, and it's really fun to like be different yeah. from what we were doing before. And also like with future things that we're going to be doing, it's going to be different again. And I think we just prefer doing it that way. Like more electronic elements, more ambient passages or? Originally I thought that's what was going to happen, but just naturally it hasn't. I, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to shelve that aspect totally. Right. Um, I don't really know when this is going to go out. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll say what I can sort of thing, but we've got, we have got something new coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's kind of like it's kind of like we found a middle ground with where it fell apart and the singles that came before it. Right. So there is like a small element of electronics, and we have been playing it live, you know, over the last few shows that we've done. Um, yeah, basically just like a new single, and that particular song, you know, it's it's a lot more just like a big rock song. Yeah. So it still it still kind of capitalizes on what on what we were doing in the big expansive parts and where it fell apart. But it maybe has a little bit more of the hooky elements that those two singles, that standalone singles yeah. that we did, has a little bit more of that. So it's, it's you know it's a blend. So a lot of inspiration is coming from that Weezer covers set you did in <laughs> 2003 last year. Well, the Weezer... you know I wasn't going to ignore. No, this no, topic. no. Please, I, if you want, we can talk about Weezer for the next two hours. If you, I mean, we, I have got a set to play, but if you want to <laughs> talk about Weezer. Do um, like between Well, songs. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story about why why that's even a thing. Why we do the Weezer thing. So, um, so this is a thing that has happened more than once. Yeah, it is. It is. So basically, um, to make to make this story make sense, Sam in Wallflower, lead guitarist, Sam Woolley, and a lot of people call him Swoolley. So this will put a little bit more context in. So we like to call our Weezer cover band Sweezer. Okay. The first time we ever did a Sweezer set was in 2000 and it was probably 2010 
and it was you someone's... sound so much like Abe Simpson. No, then. I know. So, so it was 2010. And it was someone's birthday party, and somehow we managed to get on the bill to do just a Weezer cover set. So it was, it was Sam was the like the front man. Sam was Rivers. I was I was Brian. The other well, Brian. The hair matches now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. At the time that we did it. Weezer were going through this weird phase where Pat the drummer was playing guitar as well so they had three guitars yeah. um, and then they had like a session drummer so we thought we had three guitarists then so it was it was me and Sam and then you had Tom from Rough Hands again on bass Dex from Rough Hands on guitar and then Dench Alex Dench who's the vocalist in Rough Hands he was playing drums fantastic so that was the first time we did it and then we did it again for like a college gig that got put together like three years later yeah no three or two years out and we're like right we're going to do this every like two or three years and then like oh, I think it was like 2016 or something we were like can we do another Weezer cover Sweezer set, set. Sweezer set but um, a couple of, a couple of the guys I won't name names but I am coming for you um, they didn't want to do it just because like as you go older it's a bit hard when you're in bands and you know it's a bit hard to find time to do a Weezer cover set and maybe those guys don't love Weezer quite as much as me and Sam do Yeah. so you know for us it's kind of just like second nature like oh we know these songs um, and then we got asked to do an acoustic set for Trees Yeah. and we kind of talked about it and, and at first it was just going to be me and I kind of thought well, not me, just on me. Like we collectively just oh, wallflower acoustic songs are just going to be boring. Like yeah. no one's going to come and watch us for half an hour play some songs that not many people know in an even more quiet scenario than you know. We're not the most upbeat band. I'll be the first person to admit that. So we just thought, why don't we just do Weezer songs? You know, because people love Weezer. Uh, find me someone who doesn't love Weezer. I, yeah. I, I challenge. I challenge that. Does anyone in this room not like Weezer? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Won't give him a chance to answer because if we get a no, then then that's about yeah. But anyway, Weezer. So yeah, we just did that, and um, I'm really, really hoping that that we can do it again because it was so much fun. I mean, I feel like you should have got Weezer together for that stage where we saw the Rage tribute act last night. You're you're so right. You're so so right. Um, do you, do you think you could come up with like the fake stage? You know, the the sort of parody stage names because I was in a Rolling Stones tribute band and I was on the drums for one gig and I was Charlie Potts instead of Charlie Watts <laughs> do you reckon you like Rivers Oh No oh god you know what Brian Smell now. Brian Smell Brian Rivers Hell own. well this is this is the other thing we, we're not actually because I really like the idea of doing another Sweezer set but doing it as a full band maybe with just the Wallflower lineup. And but something that we realised about a year or so ago is that we are almost a carbon copy of Foo Fighters like all the haircuts and the way we look <laughs> like literally we, we look like just like a parallel I, I, weird I, I, looking universe version of the Foo Fighters so we're thinking maybe Foo Flowers you know <laughs> I could be like I don't know well there's Food Fighters Dave has Hull. already been taken <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave what? Dave Hole Dave or Dave Grosh I like that. Yeah. Dave Grosh. Yeah, so you got, and obviously then you've got Charlie, who looks a bit like Taylor Hawkins on yeah. the drums. Slane does yeah. look a bit like Nate. And he plays his bass as well. He plays his signature bass. He does bass. the. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then that Sam, was, Sam was, wants to be Pat was... Smear. And then J- Jake, ha- Jake has got Chris Shifflett's stance. So, yeah. you know, I'm probably, I'm probably, you know, 
maybe going to have to overcompensate if I want to try and look or sound anything like Dave Grohl. But I will do my. I do you, my. You're going to have to go. We get like the tribal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just ruin my throat for the rest of my life. Um, uh, doing, doing the sway. It's probably not a very good visual reference for a podcast, but you know the Dave Grohl sway yeah. when he plays guitar. Yeah, yeah. And I'm running side to side. Yeah. Getting one side of the crowd to make a noise. Mm-hmm. Going to the other. I mean, the stage will probably be like maybe an eighth the size of the stages they normally play so I won't have far to run so maybe yeah. my, maybe my stamina right. yeah. it'd be a good bit of cardio so yeah Foo Flowers let's Foo see flowers. if it ever happens Foo Flowers I yeah, love it yeah yeah, yeah. are you going to get Charlie to come out and do one song on vocals yeah we'll do a Queen song or something halfway through just like really yeah that's what we did so when we did the Sweezer set we didn't realise that anyone other than our friends were going to be there so as a joke because around the time that we we did that Weezer, Weezer had Teenage Dirtbag in their set list and they were saying like oh we're, we, which is Wheatus obviously and they it's a running joke that people always confuse Wheatus and Weezer so yeah. to add to the you know add to the confusion they they played Teenage Dirtbag on this tour so we thought well you know we're going to just be playing to our friends and we're only playing like the most obvious Weezer songs we can think of Yeah. so let's do let's do Teenage Dirtbag <laughs> but obviously what we didn't realise was that some actual legitimate Weezer fans turned up to this show and like when we came on and we were playing like Beverly Hills, which is like for a Weezer fan, it's like sacrilege to even yeah. talk about Beverly Hills. And then we started playing Play, <laughs> play Burnt Jam yeah. off Maladroit. Um, my favourite Weezer song actually. But Ever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's such, such a good, good song. But um, we played Teenage Dirtbag, and then like a few weeks later, there was like there was like fan reviews of the show that someone found, and people were like awful, never go and see Sweezer, didn't even play Weezer songs and only played obvious songs. It's like, well, you know, we didn't realise people were going to turn up to our college gig that we put yeah. on, like, you know, as a project. It was like a, it was like part of our module that we had to do a, a gig and we thought it'd be funny to do a Weezer cover set. The, I guess, do you, do you, would you introduce Buddy Holly by going, please, try the fish? Do you know what? I... My ultimate, my ultimate Sweezer set would be for all of us, you know, to be in like the cardigans and like have like the the hair all, yeah. all done, like like a, yeah, like the Happy Days, uh, Buddy Holly video. I think that would be amazing. But I don't think anyone gets the reference though. That's the problem. Like I feel like it's one of those things where, in my head, Weezer are the best band in the world and everyone loves Weezer as much as I do and as much as Sam does but I don't think people do but but saying that you'd be that, surprised yeah but saying that on the at the 2003 set that we did like we were going to do good like the good life but we 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 cut it because we didn't have enough time to practice it properly and um, we just didn't think people would know it as well but now I'm thinking about it, I think I reckon we could just do Pinkerton in full and people would love it just yeah just, absolutely just do it but um yeah I want to do it again we're not playing Trees this year but I'm really hoping that we can maybe try and sneak our way in and do (laughs) do an acoustic set and just do another Sweezer cover set I think you know well Weezer cover set not Sweezer cover set Sweezer covers yeah yeah (laughs) covers of covers (laughs) covers hey gang Danny here I hope you're uh, enjoying my chat with Vinny I just wanted to drop in at this point to play you um, another track from Wallflower Uh, This one is taken from their EP, Where It Fell Apart, which came out last year. And it's a track which has become a real highlight in their live set, for me at least. I mean, you know, all of their set is amazing, but this one stands out for me in particular. I, I also wanted to play this track because 
if you love cassettes and you're a sucker for that format like I am and like I've said many times on this podcast then you're gonna want to head over to Wallflower's merch store right now because they've got the uh, to date tape box set sorry that's a bit of a tongue twister the to date tape box set available uh, right now uh, that includes the uh, band's entire discography to date um on a white cassette that's limited to 50 copies but the box set's also got you know a sticker and a patch and and a postcard set of all their you know really awesome release artwork and uh, my favorite bit of the box set a wallflower tea towel Honestly, I love that a band is tapping into the tea towel market at long last because you always need one, whether you're, whether you're you know drying up your dishes or cleaning up some spilt tea. Honestly, the tea towel is seriously underrated. So shout out Wallflower for the uh, for you know embracing tea towels as a form of merchandise and for putting a, a really cool design on it as well. Go and take a go and take a look at that now over on Wallflower's merch store. I'll leave a link in the description for this episode. Um, before I play this uh, this bloody track from Wallflower, um, I should also mention that if you haven't done so already, don't forget to hashtag rate, review, subscribe to um, uh, to Bitch and Brew. I uh, put this podcast out on Apple Podcasts and uh, SoundCloud and Acast. Um, I'm also currently looking into how to get the uh, podcast on Spotify. So more news on that when when I get you know a little bit further with that but yeah if you like what you're hearing then do hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and maybe even you know leave a cool review if you're listening on apple podcasts or share it with your your twitter buddies that sort of support really goes a long way for me and and for and for bitch and brew um right that is enough in the way of plugs for now uh let's dive back into my chat with vinnie marrera yol um right after we play this wonderful track from wallflower it's called my words brackets borrowed close brackets
Does it um, does it piss you off, Vinny, when people uh, call you Vincent <laughs> on the assumption that your full name is Vincent? Because your to. full name is Vinicius. 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 Yeah, yeah. It used to it used to annoy me. I used to get I, I, it's when people come up to you and they're like can I call you Vincenzo I'm like well no because it's not my name but you know <laughs> if you want to I think I've kind of like as the years have gone by and I've slowly been just whittled down and, and you know sort of I've just got to the point where I'm like you just call me what you want call me call me Jack if you want really <laughs> Vincent is one of those ones where it's like, no, that's really not my name. But people, assume. for me, uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest gripes growing up was the way that I spell Vinny, because obviously the classic way of doing Vinny is either V I double N I E or V I double N Y. Yeah. But I'm V I N I just to be difficult. <laughs> Whenever someone writes my name and it's not V I N I, I get, I, well, not so much anymore. But I used to be like furious. But I, I got, I, I used to be called like vinegar. You know, and and for such a long time, such a long time, I'd be like, I hate vinegar. I just people would be like, you want salt and vinegar in your chip? No, absolutely not. And it's only don't, don't talk to yeah, me about like, vinegar. Yeah, it's just like this sort of like flashback. But Balsamic now, boy. Yeah, but like two or three years ago, I was, I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna have some vinegar on my chips, and I was like, it's great. I love vinegar now. I embrace it. Call me vinegar all you want. If that's what you want, do it. Vinegar Marrera. Yo. And also, I used to get yellow as well. So my surname's so, Yol. Yol. It's not Yoel. Well, no, you can say Yoel as well. Yoel. Right. Yeah, but what? But what what's get, the origin of that? What, my my mum's Brazilian. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So the Vinicius and the Moreira part is is Brazilian, and then the oh, Yol is. Oh, I love the pronunciation yeah. on that. Well, it's funny because my my older brother he got the English name, and I got the Brazilian one. So my my brother's just Philip. You know, <laughs> just straight up Philip. Phil. But I, I got the I got the fancy one apparently, but you know, but yeah. So my mum's my mum's Brazilian, my dad's English. I have no idea where Yol comes from. I imagine somewhere down the line there's some sort of Scandinavian route there, because wow, there's yeah. that there was that football manager called he was called Martin Yol, but Yol was spelt J O L, and that's literally my dad's name. My dad's Martin Yol. So it was one of those things where it's like every time like you'd hear like the sports announcements on the radio and you hear Martin Yol, be like, that's my dad. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> So I can only assume that's where that comes yeah. from. Yeah, I think the yeah. uh, the vaguest origin of of my surname, Randon, is possibly French because right. we found a chateau de Randon. Randon. Yeah. Randon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just gets yeah years after years. But of then English. I got random in school all the time. Danny Random. Random. I actually named a blog after it, Randon's Random Reviews, which is the wankiest name for a blog. <laughs> I but you got to go down that route. Absolutely, you? absolutely. Um, so let's talk about your um, your Easter weekend this year, and how everyone oh, would you saw stop that you. tweet. Yeah, everyone would stop you I, um... to ask why you're alive. Well, it took me it took me like two or three times to even cotton on about why people for, are doing for it. For people who have never seen what Vinny looks like, <laughs> Vinny looks like Jesus. To a degree, yeah. To a degree. Yeah. A mixture of Dave Grohl and Jesus. I don't think I... I, I, I... I wish I looked like Dave Grohl. I, I like one time someone told me that I looked like Jared Leto. They were so incorrect. But I, <laughs> since then, I just gone from like, yeah, I look like I look like Jared Leto. That's who like also the, looks the, like w- Jesus. The worst kind of compliment yeah, you can give yeah, someone. You look like Jared Leto. Because it's like I know you're not right, but at the same time, I really want to take that compliment because <laughs> he's a very handsome man. But yeah, so I've got that Jesus look going. But yeah, people were coming up to me. Like I went out on on, on the Easter weekend, and people were going like, I thought you were dead, mate. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together straight away. But then, like, oh, like, the f- like some guy came up to me and he was like, "Oh yeah, I thought you were dead, mate." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You know, it's Easter." 
And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. It started. It. Yeah, that's it's... what it means, yeah. But, you, you know. maybe shouldn't have been wearing the, all white. Yeah, just know. the right. Ro- yeah, I, I could have helped myself by not wearing the, the white robe, the crucifix, and the sandals, but, you know. Did they just... let you into a bar with that crucifix? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to put it in no, the cloak. You've got to put enough, it in the cloak. Yeah, room, yeah. That, that bar that we went to, they were so strict on letting us in, but. But then the same thing happened a couple weeks ago. Well, last week I went out and I literally the bouncer was like, Jesus, over here, mate. And I was like, come on, like, you know. But I guess it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a product of, of the way that I've decided to present myself and so be it. You know, I could, I could look like a lot of other worse things, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesus is a pretty respectable historical figure as in, far as it goes. I was at <laughs> a record shop in Brighton once and uh, I was buying a CD, I was at the counter buying a CD, uh, as you do in a record store. Um, and someone walked up to me and just went, James? And I'm like, um, no, no mate. I was like, oh, uh, sorry, you're not, you're not James, James Blake. What? I'm like, no, I'm As not. in the guy... Wait, which one's James Blake? I'm getting James Bla- Blake mixed up with James Bay. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. I look no, nothing like yeah, James, James Bay. I don't know what James Blake looks like. Does it, he look like you? No, he looks <laughs> fuck all like me. It was the most confusing thing. Yeah, no, I sometimes get... like I never get that when people are like, yeah, you look like this person. I'm like, I really, really don't look like that person. Like, I'm, not no. trying, I'm not trying to like... It's not that I think that I look better or worse than that. It's just I don't look like there's no feature on my face. What, what's, my what's the? We've had Jared Leto. We've had Jesus. Um, I used to get Daniel Radcliffe when I had short hair, but which, which when I had when I had no beard, well much shorter beard and short hair, I could see that. But then my brother gets that as well. Oh, you look like Daniel Radcliffe. Really? My brother's a lot slimmer, a lot more clean shaven, and wears glasses, so he gets the Harry Potter thing a lot more than I do. Since I, I lost the Harry Potter stuff when I grew my hair out. Yeah, but yeah. I used to get Harry Potter a lot. Uh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, Simon Neil. Yeah, I get Simon Neil a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. which I'm totally okay with. Again, that, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I haven't seen it. You I haven't have, seen Winter Soldier. I'm so behind Sebastian on the MCU. Stan, Bucky. Yeah. Oh great. It's great. I'm so behind on the MCU. I'm trying to watch them all before Infinity War finishes in cinemas because. I'm just so behind. It's a great film. I won't talk about it because no. you can't talk about it without spoilers. But actually, it's funny they bring up Biffy Clyro because going back to the Sweezer subject, we started thinking about like what can all our different bands be? And I was going to be Vinnie Clyro. Uh, <laughs> I was going to have Vinnie Clyro. Yeah. Um, what was Will? Will had a really funny one. Oh, I can't remember what it is, but it was so good. Oh, Willie Talent. <laughs> um, Sam was going to do like Sam 41. Um, Jakey we, we, we could go like we just, really just, I'm, I'm going to put a bleep on this but we could go really extreme and go for Will Slane or c- <laughs> <laughs> I like that I'd love to also do do an anal c- cover band and I also love the idea of being bleeped out um, yeah oh god they're, I mean they're just terrible aren't they I, they're just one of those bands there is no redeeming factor of them it's just the most offensive yeah just ridiculous music I've ever heard I remember when I was in like year 8 and I was on like a coach trip up to London I think we were going to see I don't know how vivid why I remember this so vividly but um I was on a coach trip for school up to go and see Wicked in the West End oh yeah 
great Cla- show. Classic, classic field trip. Yeah, exactly. Wicked. Drama, the drama students. Drama. Like I did drama. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I got into drama, but no. it didn't do very well. But did, did you not carry? I carried it no, on to AS level. No, no. I did so. GCSE and I got like a B or a C, and I was like, I don't like drama. I just don't like it. I don't like acting. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just. I look silly. I feel silly. Um, but yeah, anyway, wicked. Yeah. And uh, my friend had an iPod, and I didn't, because I was not cool enough for one. Uh, but he was really into sort of some more extreme stuff. So I was going, yeah, I love heavy bands like uh, like Alexis on Fire. <laughs> like, I love extreme bands like that. And he was like, yeah. mate, you, have, you don't know the half of it. Here's the cleansing by Suicide <laughs> Silence. And I was like, fucking hell. But I remember the first time I heard that. Yeah. Just like, my, my tiny brain can and, handle that. And then he played me like almost sort of contradicting to what I just said he played me a Skylet Drive as well who I'd not heard mm. at that point god um, it's such a it's such like there's such a band of that time I know when you, when you hear bands like that like, but it's actually funny like I, I started talking about Devil Wears Prada recently and like I've gone back to Devil Wears Prada and some of their stuff is so so good like yeah I think it's there's a lot of those a lot of those metalcore bands that because they all kind of came up in the same thing you just put them in the same mm. in the same but I I would never ever put a band like Devil Wears Prada in the same bracket as like I don't know Attack Attack or something yeah like that, there know? was a very sort of uh, they're two totally different eras of metalcore and yeah yeah and it's I mean usually that's bands from the first era that have have prospered yeah you know they've either yeah. left metalcore entirely. Or yeah, just like Parkway added. Drive, like they're just a, they're just like they're just a, a fucking great now. stadium metal yeah, band yeah. now. But um, yeah, that Devil Wears Prada zombie EP, still that cool. and Dead Throne. Is it Dead Throne? I never listened to Dead Throne that much. It was that was that was one that came after um, Zombie EP. I think the Zombie EP was where I peaked with that genre anyway. What's the one album? Roots I Above, have, before, yeah, with Roots Above and Branches Below. I think it's called Roots Above and Branches Below. That's the one. I didn't think I was going to be talking about Devil Wears Prada today, but we're re- we're but, really going back in time. Now. It's, it's taking you back now to yeah. how good that intro to Big Wiggly style is. Yeah, yeah, love that. I used to love the. I used to love um, the first track on that record. Um, I can't pronounce it. There's a Slipknot song called it as well, like Sassafras or something. Sassafras. Is that? It's a, um, it's isn't a place, it, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it a Sepultura yeah. song, actually? Sassafras. Might be. No, I thought it was Slipknot. Because Slipknot are from around there, I think. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't realise right. it was a place. I don't know, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just remember, like, there's that first bit where, like, you can just hear, like, the ambience of the amp and then you just hear the sticks and it just comes in, just blows your head off. Yeah. But, um... Going back to the anal <laughs> thing, <Bleep. laughs> um, I remember when I found out that they did a covers album and they did a cover of "Staying Alive," but it's like it's like really bad oi music, like you know, like oi oi oi, like and proper I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. postal breakout. And I showed my dad this cover of "Staying Alive" by Anal Bleep. Oh no, I, Anal's probably not. <laughs> you can probably have to bleep that as well. <laughs> They're not going to know what that we're talking about because we bleeped out both. Beep, beep, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've never seen my dad laugh as hard as he has ever laughed. It's like it's just like I can't help but are you my woman. <laughs> it's just like that all the way through. It's amazing. <laughs> um, my dad, yeah, it, it's it's very funny, very funny. But my dad didn't start listening to. Do you know a Monomath? Like oh, the man, Viking metal band, I, I can't. It. I mean, it's not for me, but he loves it because I remember when I used to be in metal band. Obviously, it's like very screamy, and every time I should like, Dad, we got like a new song and stuff. He's like, I like the music, but I'm not sure about those vocals, mate. Not sure about those vocals. It wasn't about your vocals. No, no, I, I, I never sung. Well, no, I did do like some clean vocals, but right. not very well. 
I never I never really sung in a band properly until Wallflower. Right. And then that was just kind of like a process of elimination. Like I guess I'll sing. Yeah. And then I kind of just had to learn from there. Like if you, I remember watching the first ever live video that we like the first ever gig we did and watching videos back from it and, and my vocals were just atrocious. Yeah. Like every single note was off key. I mean, it's still like that now, but <laughs> but at least I give it my own. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those things um, where he, for some reason, and Monomarth is like the perfect level of of heavy vocal for him. Mm. He just loves that that Viking, yeah. whatever it is. Well, I remember like I, I was I, I still always go to gigs with my dad. It comes up on here regularly. But when we went to go and see Dragon Force once at the Southampton Guildhall, this is around like Sonic Beatdown time, so they were huge. Like Through the Fire and the Flames is at the peak. Yeah, it was like the album after Through the Fire and the Flames. Right. Because Through the Fire and the Flames was Inhuman Rampage, right. and they played the main stage at Donington. Which was excellent because uh, the singer of Dragon Force decided to dress up as Jack Sparrow for right. their main stage set at Downland. <laughs> and they were on like second band of the day after, like third band of the day after Zico Chain right. and Buck Cherry. I literally hate Buck Cherry <laughs> so much. But he came Sorry, out, Buck Cherry. Yeah, no, no offence. <laughs> he came out dressed up as Jack Sparrow. And there's, you know, their lyrics are just absurd, Dragon Force. But um, he assumed that because Through the Fire and the Flames was fucking massive at that point, that everyone would know every word. And so on the bridge where it's just, you know, the singer and some synths, he yeah. went, everyone sing along. And it pointed the mic towards a totally silent main stage film. Yeah, I don't feel like... I don't feel as well like even if you're a huge Dragon Force fan, I don't feel like people are really listening to the lyrics. No, I, I think that's it's one of those weird scenarios where the, the the vocals are actually like one of the last things people concentrate on with their band. Yeah, you know, I mean I don't know. Different people have different ways of listening to things. See, I'm I'm very slow on lyrics. Like I'll, when I first listen to like a new song or something like that by a yeah. band. I'll generally just like listen to the song and be like, this is good. And it won't be till like the fifth listen that I start to actually hear lyrics. I'm just so bad at picking lyrics out. When you're, when you're singing along to like, you go and see a mate's band and you're singing along to like, you know, you know one line and then you yeah. realise you've got the words start and so you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you're, it, and then um, you look around and you hope that no one saw you yeah, yeah. like missing the lines. We along. call it fish mouthing. When, <laughs> when, when people people kind of just moving their mouths along to the lyrics they think they know and yeah i'll never forget actually <laughs> we were we, we when we did the knuckle puck tour last year we played in manchester at the deaf institute and it's this beautiful venue it's such a nice venue but it's quite the stage is really high so i could see like all the crowd and we were we were playing some new songs that we'd never released yet and um there was this guy in the crowd and he was just like singing along to every word and I was like how does this guy know the words and then yeah. I realised about two songs in that he just didn't he was, he was just fish mouthing he, no it wasn't even fish mouthing he was just shouting like just shouting things at us and then after the set I was talking to the rest play of the play testify yeah, I don't know what he was saying but like after, after the show, I sort of was speaking to the rest of the guys. I was like, what do you think he was saying? Like, and then we kind of came to the conclusion that he was just shouting. He was just heckling us all the way through. Like, you're terrible. I hate you. But like, like really like. like so vitriolic. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate you whilst we're playing. We're, we're just nodding along like, yeah, man, you know the words. And he's just having the worst time watching us. I'm sure he was enjoying us, but. Um, oh god, I said that so like, I'm sure he was enjoying it. I'm, I'm I mean, sure he is. But it's just funny to think, you know, this guy just hates our band and just just, just wants to heckle the hell out of us. And that was the, yeah, but that was that was funny, like just 
seeing that seeing yeah. that weird response when you obviously don't know the words because I don't really know the words <laughs> which is another thing a problem I have is I forget lyrics it's so always much. quite sad when no one knows your lyrics then you play a cover and everyone goes nuts for it it was like when, I when, I, when I saw Dragon Force they were being supported by Churizas who? <laughs> Churizas never heard of him no have you never no, they, they no, were the no. ones that wore like red and black war paint uh, and they were uh, battle metal that's probably why <laughs> <It's>, yeah <laughs> they were like sort of Dietum on a moth, if you will. Right, okay. They were they okay. were very corny, but they did a they 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 were very famous for a cover of Rasputin by Boney M. Right. Which you can imagine it in I think battle I've metal heard version. The metal version of Rasputin. So everyone's so just there like doing the fist pump or drinking from a Viking horn but not knowing the words, and then you hear It must be so hard, not just like from the cover perspective, but like just being like a one-hit wonder band. I think I was talking to one of the guys. Who was it that I was being to? I think it was Dan in Guillotine. And we were talking about Wheatus. Was it Dan? It might. I might. I might. It was he was definitely in the conversation? Someone. Someone was saying that they saw Wheatus, and basically their way of of dealing with the teenage dirtbag thing was just every time someone said play teenage dirtbag, they would just stop and play teenage dirtbag. So like by the end of their set, they play teenage dirtbag like ten times. That's such a like that must be such a buzzkill. But like that was the point of it. Yeah. It was just to be like, well, you want to hear teenage dirtbag? Here it is. And just they kept doing it. So like they they opened on it, they closed on it, they played it for their encore like three times, and they're just like, you know, if this is all you guys are gonna sort of like take us for, then we're just gonna play it. Because I'm not I'm not a big Wheatus fan, but like my friend Callum is, and he um. He really quite likes one of the Wheatus records, and he's like, "Yeah, like Teenage Dirtbag is not even really their best song." But of course, you'd say that. But I disagree. I think it is their best song. Yeah, but, it, uh, it's much like that with me for Ash. Yeah, because okay. Ash are playing here tonight, and, and their know. big hits like "Girl from Mars" and what's the other one? Burn Baby Burn. Burn Baby Burn. Yeah. yeah. So everyone goes, "Oh, they're the best songs," and I'm yeah. like, "Well, you've clearly never heard Kung Fu." So you're so you're a big Ash Ash advocate. I am. I am indeed. Uh, yeah, I've I've. It, it probably goes back to my mum being a huge Ash fan mm. and playing that in the in the car all the time. That and like com- you remember Ministry of Sound and you feel Euphoria yeah, compilation yeah, yeah. with like Zombie Nation on yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like I think that like, everyone has those sort of bands that just like for some reason like they're not even that like relevant. I'm not saying Ash aren't a relevant band. They're headlining the festival, but yeah, yeah but like they're not necessarily a band. Yeah. They're they're more sort of passing the torch now to the younger generations yeah. and, and playing smaller venues than they were. Yeah, yeah. But I think that like there's a lot of bands like that from back when you were a kid that just they might not get talked about as much now, but you remember them. Mm. Like you remember those songs. My mum went for a big James Blunt phase. <laughs> And like around the sort of back to bedlam days his first record and i because I, I was like 11 or 12 at the time and she just forced me to come with her to every show so there was a summer once i think i saw james blunt like 10 times in the space of three months but i i just learned to love it and that first record it's all right yeah not that bad he got a lot of stick for it but i think james he's a nice guy james be, blunt that's why i'll be a westlife apologist for life because i went with my mom to see westlife at wembley arena I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. It was alright. Yeah. One person I really want to see is Robbie Williams, just because it's Robbie Williams. I can't, whenever I think about Robbie Williams, I can't, I, I don't want to rip off a comedian on the podcast, but I can't help but think of the Lee Mack skit, which he did ages ago. You Have know, I the, seen that? Come on, Glastonbury, you know this one. <laughs> yeah, Robbie, it was 150 quid to get in. It was John Cupid's <laughs> <to> singer. <it. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I think I think um, I think Robbie is one of those those guys that. I'm talking about in first name basis, like I know it. Yeah, yeah. You know well, Robbie. Yeah, you know yeah. Robbie. Um, it's just one of those people that he just has so many bangers. It's a similar situation to we were saying about Feeder. Yeah. Like you think like, oh yeah, Angels, rock DJ, let me entertain you. But then he could play a set and you could potentially know every single song that he does. Like, Especially if he does that, was it Kids, the song that he did with Kylie Minogue? With Kylie. Yeah, great song. Great song. Let Love Be Your Energy. Yeah, and um, I remember the one Road, Road to Mandalay, I think yeah, it was yeah, yeah. called. That was a good one. Ba, 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 yeah, yeah, that was ba, such a good song. Ba, ba. Not yeah. really remembered as much anymore. But back, no. back, I, I think I think he's a... I mean, he went through his phase of really wanting to sound like Oasis with um, Strong. And like, uh, Old Before I Die. Yeah, like that. Yeah, especially Strong, that could be just an Oasis, like maybe like third or fourth album, kind yeah. of like... You know, you know how Oasis kind of turned out. <laughs> yeah. But don't get me wrong; their first two albums are incredible. But yeah, I am. I'm always the guy that goes for my money. Oasis are the most overrated band of all time, and everyone looks like they want to slap me. It's a dangerous. It's a dangerous game to play. Blur, blur over. You're, Oasis you're a blur in the, guy. Yeah, in the in the Britpop wars, I'm I'm even getting people like turning around and going. Like in this tent, getting <laughs> dirty looks. You're just getting, yeah, sh- sh- heads are shaking. I'm gonna get lynched. I think, I think what I'll say about this is right. I think Oasis, their first two albums are cohesively like incredible, incredible albums, and then I feel like they kind of just watered their sound down and just went down the same road. Road. Whereas Blur, like, they really changed. Yeah. So it depends what kind of thing you're into. If you just like, if you like consistency listen to Oasis first two records but if you like variation and experimentation and you know trying different stuff like definitely listen to Blur I mean like when you think that Country House whatever it's called and Song 2 are the same band it's like yeah. how, how is yeah. that a thing and then the Universal and yeah but I think I think that's this is actually a conversation that we have a lot in the band is like, I feel like that's something that music lacks so much nowadays is just like Growing up, so many bands were just like they they could have an album out and so many of those songs that were so different. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time now you get and this this isn't a criticism criticism or it's just more like I think where the way that music's gone now where you can just listen to anything you want at the at the drop of a hat. So bands have to be more focused on a very certain genre. Mm. So it's a lot harder to be like, well, here's a song that sounds like this and here's a song that sounds like that and they're both on the same record. You know, I mean, like Fido, even last night, like some of their songs were like kind of like almost had like a grungy sound to it. Yeah. And obviously, like you got Buck Rogers and, and Just a Day that are just like full on like I, I wouldn't call it Brit pop, but just like rock yeah. anthems. You know, like just like who doesn't know going mad songs? for the pyro? Yeah, confetti exactly. cannons. Yeah. Oh, it came out of nowhere yesterday. I yeah. loved it. Uh, the free pyro. I love the free pyro. I wish we had pyro on our stage, but I think, it would not yeah, end well. You're no, in a tent. No, I was thinking of maybe collecting some of the confetti and putting it in like a cup, and then at the end of the set, just throwing some confetti. I d- I, we did like a milk teeth show once. <laughs> said balloons on the final night of the tour. One of which I actually wrote. Listen to bitch and Bro on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and, you got and, some and, from that. But we didn't have very many bin bags, so it was just a case of like 
putting them in a bin bag and then emptying them when they play vitamins <laughs> at the end and you're just like walking off stage with an empty bin bag like rolling it up yeah. it's, not, it's not it's not as uh, glamorous as the confetti cannons and, and yeah. the fire although they did get confetti cannons on that tour for the London show and I think it, it was the bar fly so I heard that <laughs> it was just like confetti cannons in the bar fly that's just amazing must have been... I, I, was, I was saying like could you imagine like us getting like a t-shirt cannon and just in like a really small venue that we play like a hundred cap room and we just shoot a t-shirt cannon and basically just knock someone out <laughs> Because it's so bad. What about a dad hat? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's very, that's very in. Trying to decapitate someone yeah. with a dad hat. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon you could give it a fair go. I reckon you could. I want one of those toilet paper guns. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. So that's episode number twenty-eight of Bitch and Brew done and dusted, my son. Uh, thanks to my guest, Vinny Moreira Yole. Uh, sorry, I can't. I can't do the the rolling R. So it just it doesn't. I I don't do that that name justice. But yeah, thanks thanks to Vinny for for hanging out and and being lovely as always. His band is called uh, Wallflower and they are awesome. Um, the two songs you heard earlier they were called Magnifier and My Words brackets borrowed close brackets yeah i think just say my words brackets borrowed there we go um they're both available online now and as part of the two date limited tape box set uh, which is now available on their merch store which is uh wallflower merch that's all one word wallflower merch dot ticktail and that's spelt uh t-i-c-t-a-i-l ticktail.com wallflower merch dot ticktail Dot com. Um, I will. I will leave a link in the description as well, so you can go and buy all of their merch because it's all you know. They they do really cool merch. Um, the band are heading out on tour with the brilliant Boston Manor, now friends of the podcast too. Obviously, they're doing that next month around the UK. They're opening a four band bill, so it's Wallflower, Drug Church, Microwave, and then Boston Manor, which is just the best time honestly i'm gonna try and head out to a date as hard as i can um they are hitting up the following places on the following dates so they start it off uh 21st of september they're in bristol and they're playing the legendary thecla venue another venue i've been meaning to visit for a long time never have um 22nd of september they're going to be in london the electric ballroom uh, 23rd of september they're at mama roos in birmingham 24th of september they're at the uh rescue rooms in nottingham uh, 26th of september they're heading up to liverpool they're playing a show at hangar 34 uh, 27th of september they're at swg3 in glasgow Uh, 28th of September they're in Leeds at the Key Club Um, and the 29th of September is when uh, they're wrapping up the tour in Manchester they're playing at Gorilla Um, so make sure you get down to a show I think tickets are going fairly quickly now so so don't miss out on that Wallflower on tour with Boston Manor and uh, Drug Church and Microwave are on the bill as well so yeah awesome times Um, another awesome thing that I should mention that Vinny was very kind to do for me uh, obviously, we spoke a lot about Weezer in this podcast, so 
I thought it'd be a really cool idea to get Vinny to curate a uh, a playlist of the top fifteen underrated and obscure Weezer tracks um, to go on the Bitchin' Brew Spotify account page profile thing. What what would you even call that? To go on the Bitchin' Brew Spotify, um, I essentially said to him, uh, "Go for what you want as long as it's you know not been officially released as a single." And he came back with a cracking playlist, some of the deeper cuts from your favourite Weezer albums, like the Blue Album and, and Pinkerton. Uh, a really good amount of stuff from Maladroit, which is a severely underrated Weezer album. Um, a few B-sides, a few rarities. Uh, it's, a, it's just a really awesome uh, Weezer playlist. And you can go and listen to that now on the Bitch and Brew Spotify. Link, as ever, in the description of this episode. Um, once again, if you like this uh, this episode, then uh, please do me a flavour and subscribe to Bitch and Brew. Leave a review. Tell all your friends on social media about the lovely time you had listening to my voice and to Vinny's voice. Uh, the link to do all that, at the risk of sounding like a broken fucking record at this point, um, is in the description. And of course, I'm on all your usual social platforms, so... Uh, come and say hi to me over on those and I'll probably send you a wrestling gif or something because that's just what I do Um, I'll be putting out another episode in a couple of weeks time and that will be with the dynamic duo that is Haggard Cat Um, Matt and Tom who were of course previously one half of the band Heck Um, but now they're doing their own thing and more power to them for that Um, I was listening back to the, uh, the chat that I had with them today and if you liked the vibe of this episode, then you're going to love the next one. So, um, so yeah, I'll be dropping that in a couple of weeks' time. Um, maybe, I mean, fuck it, I'll, I'll do what I want, really. Um, yeah, but that'll be uh, coming up later in the month. Um, one more thing before I go. I know I'm dragging on a bit. I'm really sorry. But, um, you know, something, something I did want to say before I go. Um, Facebook Memories. The wonderful thing that that is that makes you realise how much of a dick you were uh, a few years ago. Um, more of a dick than you may be now. Um, Facebook Memories decided to remind me today, um, as I record this actually, um, that this week, one year ago, was the week that I kind of went went public, as it were, about my decision to kind of take Bitch and Brew away from the blog that I was running it through at the time. They're now uh, Dead as a Dodo, uh, Randon's Reviews. Awful name for, for a blog, you know, as proud as I am of that work on there. But um, yeah, I decided to take Bitch and Brew away from that and treat it like its own little independent thing and put more energy and, and focus into it. Um, at that point, I only had like seven episodes out, I think, and I admit that I didn't have a lot of faith in myself at the time. I was like, like God, I'd be, I'd be lucky if I made it to double figures. I was always, you know, thinking to myself. But here we are, fifty-two weeks down the line, and we have twenty-eight episodes firmly under my belt. Um, I could give you a whole twenty-minute speech about how how grateful I am, but you know, I don't want to put you to sleep, so I'll keep it. Short and sweet, as I as I always never do, and um and just say thank you. Honestly, whether you've listened to just a handful of episodes or you've, you know, tuned in every time, thank you because, you know, it's it's because of you that 
I've hit so many wonderful personal and and sort of creative milestones. Um, it's bizarre to see the the majority of the episodes hitting one hundred streams these days. Um, and then even like more surreal to see some of them going into the two hundreds. I've had some of my heroes and my favourite musicians and and people on this podcast. People I'd never thought would be on this podcast ever. Um, and I'm not totally putting myself down or being, you know, like overly modest. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, I work hard to bring you this podcast and it's fucking stressful at times, but I still love that feeling of releasing a new episode. If I didn't, if I didn't love the feeling that I get from doing Bitch and Brew, then I just wouldn't do it. But every time it is a wonderful feeling and, and being able to go and do stuff like 2000 Trees, honestly, guys and gals, and I say honestly a lot, but really honestly, um, it's been the best year for me creatively and for that I really thank you um, look that's enough ass kissing from me um, I've been Danny Randon this has been Bitch and Brew and I'll see you later this month for episode 29 with Matt and Tom from Haggard Cat uh, but until then do kindly piss off <laughs>